the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy, happy Friday. Well, today is the Feast of St. Hilarion, so we'll start with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty, ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Hilarion pray for us. Man, I'm looking forward to hearing about this guy. Right? Or gal. I mean, uh, Hilarion, what a name. Right? Do you think that it is because, well, we'll find out. hilarious. Right? I was waiting for the hilarious. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Then I'm thinking Hilarion Herald, you know, spin off of the the Clarion Clarion Herald. Could you imagine? That would be a cool newspaper, huh? Where it's just full of hilarious stories. It would be. What a a change of pace that would be. be Oh, yeah. Peter Finney would appreciate this. (laughs) Well, let's quickly talk about our guest before we get to the weather. Dr. Jordan Haddad joins us in six minutes. He's the director of lay ministry programs at Notre Dame Seminary Lay Formation and co-director of the St. Louis and Ninth Art Society. They have a fundraiser coming up called A Soiree of Art and Beauty. He's going to give us details about this in just a few moments. In 18 minutes, Father Michael Champagne joins us from the community of Jesus Crucified, and he's going to be talking about the history of Catholicism in the state of Louisiana. I can't think of a perfect person to tell us the the history of Catholicism in the state of Louisiana. That's Father Champagne, so stay tuned for that. Just to even hear him speak, uh, he just, you know, he he is Louisiana. He is South Louisiana, so we're going to learn more from him later on in today's show. Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us in 35 minutes for a recipe. And in 48 minutes, Father Jeffrey Kirby joins us. He's a pastor of Our Lady of Grace Parish in Indian Land, South Carolina. And he's going to talk about his book called A Journey to Mount Carmel, a nine-day preparation for investiture in the brown scapular of Our Lady. So I know this is very important to a lot of people. This is something we can all learn a little bit more about. So it's going to be a great show, you guys. Looking forward to today's lineup. Father Kirby, so awesome. Yeah, he is. You. Just like you. Oh, uh, you're hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> well, we are having fun. If, yeah. if only you all heard and saw what goes on behind the scenes. But 
Uh, what we want to talk about right now is the weather. And yes, God continues to bless us with some beautiful days and nights, plenty of sunshine, and it's going to be that way all the way through the weekend. How exciting. Uh, beautiful sunrise as well. Get out there and enjoy that and with a cup of coffee this morning while you listen to us. High today should be 83, low 55. Winds out of the south southwest at about 5 to 10. Over the weekend, pretty much the same few more clouds moving in tomorrow afternoon, but it's not going to affect anything. Temperatures will continue to be about the same. Winds shifting from the south-southeast, they're picking up at about 10 to 15 miles an hour. And little or no rain through Monday. Temperatures in and around the area, Gulfport, Baton Rouge, 49. Mandeville, 54. New Orleans, 59. And our folks in the bayou who listen to us in Homa Thibodeau, it's 50. It's Wake Up. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 12. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately that it is going to rain, and so it does. And when you notice that the wind is blowing from the south, you say that it is going to be hot, and so it is. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? If you are to go with your opponent before a magistrate, Make an effort to settle the matter on the way. Otherwise, your opponent will turn you over to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the constable, and the constable throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. And a happy Friday morning to you, eight after the hour. Get up, get going, and thank you so much for listening to us. Gabby Smith is with us, Alicia Quivito, Damian Collado, and Jeff Blackwell, and our whole crew. Even Karen Cotton's here That's today. Right. Even our coffee club <laughs> and members. our coffee club members out there enjoying themselves. We're during the break get to go visit with them. So come on by. You have another hour at least to come and enjoy uh, the morning with us. Right now. We are yeah, talking right. with the one and only Dr. Jordan Haddad. He is the director of lay ministry programs and lay formation at Notre Dame Seminary. More importantly, though, right now, he's co-director of the St. Louis Nine Arts Society. You've been hearing a little more and more about that. And he's here to talk about the society's fundraiser, a soiree of art and beauty. <laughs> and Jordan, good morning, my brother. Good morning. That's not quite how I would say it. But that well, I, I, that's what happened. You're a doctor. I'm not. I'm just a patient. You got to work with me, brother. Oh my gosh. So tell us I about like it. Jordan Hope. And, 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 and now that we're on the subject of art and beauty, I want to hear all about me. I mean, uh, the event. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, um,. So this um, November 3rd, it'll be a Thursday, two weeks from yesterday, we'll be hosting our, uh, our first annual uh, soiree fundraiser, where we'll be um, putting on a, a really wonderful event uh, in Schultz Auditorium at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans uh, in the evening, starting around 6.30. And it'll be a, a combination of, um, of, of sacred music and sacred and Catholic art and dinner and drinks and um, a really wonderful community that will all come together to to support this ongoing mission of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society to 
create a culture of, of Catholic art and beauty across South Louisiana. Share some more with that. Share with some of our listeners who are into the, the sacred art. And even if you aren't, when you see these masterpieces, I like to call them, uh, you fall in love with them and you got to want to own one or two pieces because I use them when I pray. I, I like to meditate mm-hmm. and, and look at those pieces of art. But we've got some great sacred artists in our area. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an auction, and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the artwork is going to be part of that auction? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, we have a plethora of really talented, um, well, highly trained Catholic artists in our society, um, all of whom are are from here and currently live here, and you know some of them have have trained at the Sacred Art School in Florence. Um, others have trained at um, at SCAD in Georgia, um, and then others mm-hmm. just kind of all over the place. But what they all have in common is they're all really talented. They all love Jesus very much, and they want to help the church grow in her ability to to visually represent the faith in such a way that it inspires us. Um, to prayer, and it creates in us a greater devotion to Christ. And um, and so at our event, uh, as part of our effort to, um, to, to fundraise and raise resources necessary to continue this mission, to um, be able to put on future uh, lecture and showcase events, as well as create original sacred art for under-resourced char- uh, churches and schools, we're going to be auctioning off a, a number of original, um, mostly original pieces from the artists. Um, wow. Ranging nice. from smaller icons and mixed medias, originals, to um, much larger, um, you know, six by eight foot oil paintings of, oh, of wow. archangels. Wow. Oh um, and then everything in between. Can so they it, go? It, and, can they go to the website and see some of these items before they go? So what we're doing right now is in lead up to the event and anticipation of it, we will be posting on our social media on Facebook and Instagram a lot of uh, images of the original pieces that will be auctioned off um, just to further incentivize um, people and and maybe raise a little anticipation for um, for the pieces that um, that will be that will be present at the soiree. Well, you know the Catholic Radio, we're backing you guys up on this, and we're glad to be a partner. Uh, one other note before we wrap up: this year's honorary guest, Archbishop Gregory Amen, right? Yep, that's right. And Archbishop's been extremely supportive of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society um, since it was founded uh, just over a year ago, and so we we wouldn't be here without him, and so we want to. We want to honor him in this way by publicly recognizing that support that he's given us. And so he'll be our guest of honor. He'll he'll lead us with an opening prayer and a short welcome. And then um, from there, the, the night's uh, programming will kick off, and it's going to be a great time. So I hope everyone can come out and join us. And Jacob Zuma's doing a live painting, right? Oh, cool. I don't know. Jacob's, Jacob's yeah. doing a live painting during the event? Yes. He will be. He's, Great. he's just so talented. Yes. He did one for us at the Catholic Man Night last yeah. year in uh, St. Francis. So uh, he, he normally doesn't tell you what's going on until he's almost finished. So uh, looking forward to hearing about that. <laughs> yes. Date, time, one more time, and website, uh, Dr. Jordan. Yeah. 
Uh, so the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society, a soiree of art and beauty, our first annual soiree fundraiser. Um, it'll be on Thursday, November 3rd from 6.30 to 9. Registrations and sponsorships can be purchased through our website, sl9art.com. Hope everyone can come out and join us for a really great, beautiful, fun evening. Oh, it's going to be great, and uh, it's very affordable, and more importantly, it's going to a great cause. Uh, Continue the good work, Dr. Jordan Haddad. Thank you all so much. All righty. Well, are you planning to go? Yeah. I might. I might be tired after Catholic Man Night. That's the night before. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Gabby will go there. There you go. All righty. Don't go too far. We've got more coming your way on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 21st. Today we celebrate Saint Hilarion. Despite his best efforts to live in prayer and solitude, today's saint found it difficult to achieve his deepest desire. People were naturally drawn to Hilarion as a source of spiritual wisdom and peace that his body had to be secretly removed so that a shrine would not be built in his honor. A convert to Christianity, Hilarion was born in Palestine. For a time, he lived with Abbot Anthony of Egypt, another holy man drawn to solitude. Hilarion found a life of hardship and simplicity in the desert, where he also experienced spiritual dryness that included temptations to despair. At the same time, though, miracles were attributed to him. As his fame grew, a small group of disciples wanted to follow Hilarion. He began a series of journeys to find a place where he could live away from the world. He finally settled on Cyprus, where he died in 371, at about age 80. St. Hilarion the Great, as he is sometimes called, is celebrated as the founder of monasticism in Palestine. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. And welcome back to Wake Up, 19 after the hour on a beautiful Friday morning. And with us right now, Father Michael Champagne. He is with he is a pastor, but he's also with the community of Jesus Crucified in beautiful downtown St. Martinville. He's here to talk about the history of Catholicism in Louisiana. And boy, this is a great topic. Father Champagne, good morning to you. Good morning, Damon. How are you doing this morning? Man, if I was any better, I'd be in a gumbo. Uh, how about how about you? You doing all right on this beautiful Friday? Doing very well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm let's great. Let, yeah, let's jump into it. Uh, when was the Catholic Church first established in Louisiana? Well, we had we got a long history. You know, you had the the French uh, settlers that came here, and then uh, the uh, uh, even before the time of the Acadians, the Acadians arrived when. Uh, in, I guess, 1755, between 1755 and 1765, you had um, the uh, you know uh, Spanish governor, and they got their land grants and started selling, and that was a very strong mm-hmm. uh, presence of Catholicism, and I think that kind of uh, developed from there. Uh, the first church that we have in Louisiana was actually uh, called L'Eglise de Saint-Joseph, the Church of St. Joseph mm-hmm. at Atacapa. So it was uh, the Church of St. Joseph at the Atacapa Post, which is, uh, you know, in Bayou Tech, St. Martinville. And um, 
and then uh, later on when they got the decree from uh, the Vatican to uh, erect it, um, they filled in the blank and they put in St. Martin de Tours because oh, okay. the commandant and uh, Father Jean-Louis de Sevray, the Capuchin uh, who had come with the Acadians, uh, you know, because they had to have their mass, their confession, the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So uh, they uh, they were both from, I think, Bordeaux, France originally, and um, their home parish was St. Martin de Tours. So they just wrote in there, <laughs> Martin oh, de Tours, okay. changed the name. So uh, that's how it became St. Martin de Tours. And, of course, you know, you got a lot of uh, Catholicism throughout, not only from the French, but from the Spanish as well. You had uh, Ascension and Assumption parishes, for example, uh, you got St. Martin Parish, uh, you know, named after yes. Martin Tours. St. Landry, Landry. So, yeah. yeah it, it's Landry amazing. Was, um, all, all our tra- a lot yeah. of the parishes, you're right, are, are named yeah, after saints. Or whatever, we well, call them yeah. counties in the, in the country. But, yeah, and even the Mississippi River, you know, uh, we have Immaculate Conception on Barone Street. The judges had a strong presence here uh, after. You had what you call the, the black robes. That was the judges. They were the Catholic, the judges to my Catholic. And you had the brown robe, that was uh, the, the Franciscans. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you had Franciscans coming, you know, from uh, from the west, kind of western Mississippi, it was the Franciscans. East was uh, the Jesuits. They had kind of mm-hmm. given some jurisdiction for their missionary activity. But uh, we had a lot of, uh, like on Barone Street, you got uh, Marquette Street, Père Marquette, when he, mm-hmm. you know, he uh, founded, I mean, he, uh, he kind of discovered the Mississippi there, what, 1640? Uh, to or something like that. He, uh, um, I guess it would be 16, um, in the 1600s, 1672 uh, uh, or something like that. Yeah. He, um, they called it Conception River, you know, so we had some old maps. Hmm. Uh, his old, we have facsimiles of his uh, handwritten map where he called it the Conception River, you know. Um, the Soto came through uh, even before that, called it the uh, Holy Spirit River, you know, um, from his hmm. Catholic origins. Um, so anyway, we have a lot of uh, a lot of history of that, and then of course things would spread from uh, the Cadians had suffered a great deal for their faith, and um, because of that, you had deep uh, a deep expression of faith, and that kind of yeah. starts to influence culture. Did exactly. In fact, I have always heard that Acadiana in the Lafayette area uh, had the highest Catholic population per capita in the country, except for maybe Boston. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, at one time, I mean, I, I'd say uh, 30 years ago, uh, I want to say that maybe Rhode Island um, was uh, was one, you know, I, I think between Lafayette and Rhode, you know, that area, Rhode Island, like maybe one diocese uh, of Providence or whatever, but they, um, they, they would kind of vie with each other for the, the highest. <laughs> gotcha. Uh-huh. Now, yeah, with the oil boom and all that stuff, a lot of people moving in from, say, Oklahoma and other stuff, you had a lot of... Uh, influx into Lafayette. So it did kind of lower that. Of course, we have, you know, obviously evangelical. We have, say, ex-Catholics uh, that are uh, attending uh, evangelical churches. But still, I would still uh, say that Lafayette um, is probably Catholic USA, uh, <laughs> most Catholic, probably the most Catholic city in the country. Uh, that's not, you know, just, uh, I'm not from Lafayette. I'm from Leonville uh, in St. Landry Parish. I live in St. Martin Parish. But I lived in Lafayette Parish for quite a few years, and um, but that's 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 uh, commonly uh, said. And I think our percentage of Catholicism, you know, is probably still 
you know, around 60% or so, 60%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, uh, it's still, it's still and, and, and New Orleans is very Catholic as well, or in, at mm-hmm. least initially it was, because you That's had right. all the That's migrants right. coming in, but whether it be the Italians, the Spanish, the French, they all came, uh, you know, some of them left because of religious persecution. Exactly. No, that's, that's very true. And we have, you know, uh, this all your major cities, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, for example, and all. But New Orleans was, uh, uh, you had churches on every corner. These were yeah, on every churches. corner. That's just what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, like like Silos, for example. We just celebrated Blessed uh, Francis David Silos' feast day not too long ago. But, you know, uh, he, he was uh, he, he was coming over. He went to, to Bobby as a redemptress because he was moved by the fact that German immigrants in the United States not having their confessions heard mm-hmm. and not being able to, you see, uh, to get uh, mass, where they, you know, and, 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 and uh, counsel. So as a young youth, he joined the Redemptors and he volunteered, went to America, came, it was obviously from Baltimore, and then came down uh, into, into New Orleans during the yellow fever epidemic guide there and buried one of our, you know, close to us. But we have a lot of saints, uh, uh, in that regard, uh, Mother Drexel coming down to Louisiana mm-hmm. and founding a lot of African-American parishes because around the turn of the 20th century, uh, that was a, a, a big concern that the African-Americans asked for their own churches in, in our diet. When we were building our cathedral in 1918, the new cathedral, Turlins asked the uh, different groups in the parish about their input on the church, and one lady you know, stood up and said, we want our own church, Father. <laughs> he told uh, Bishop Jansen, I think it was it or whatever at the time, and and they they did a little project. They allowed it, and uh, sure enough, it took off. And that was why, for example, in the Diocese of Lafayette, we had the largest percentage of uh, Black Catholics in the United States, and the largest African American parish mm. in the country. About ten thousand yeah. uh, families over there in mm. uh, a Holy Ghost Parish in uh, in Opelousas. Uh, more black bishops, mm-hmm. uh, say, for example, from that. So that was that was the influence of Mother Drexel's money, uh, Jean Mar, and just kind of uh, an openness to the vox populi, you know, the, people, the voice of the people. Yeah, it might be a thing of the past now, but it's it was something that was very effective. Yeah, and that again was the influence of saints, you know, coming through the mm-hmm. and through our area to keep adding fuel to the fire, so to speak, in a good way. Is in in recent decades. We saw the influx after the Vietnam War, the mm-hmm. Viet- Catholic Vietnamese coming to our state. Uh, now exactly. Mexico, Honduras, Cuba, mm-hmm. Nicaragua. Exactly. They're the, all the, uh, coming. In fact, the church, the church is growing in the United yes. States. But uh, uh, pre- pre- uh, very much because of uh, Hispanic uh, influx and, uh, mm-hmm. and their, uh, their presence, their, their importance of the church to them. The Vietnamese, Archbishop Hannon, uh, New Orleans East, did that, that tremendous outreach to them, what a blessing they've been by way of vocation to clergy, religious sisters, and family life, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very important yeah. and very powerful. We have also in the medical community yes. uh, a, a lot of um, uh, uh, physicians, you know, from uh, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, from Colombia, um, from uh, Cuba. They, they, a lot of, uh, uh, and, and some of them because of uh, exile, because of, uh, of uh, for their faith and for the just standing up for what is right and have found a great uh, uh a great future here and have been contributing tremendously yes uh you know with the faith and, and culture yeah um anyway way back i mean even like uh you know louisiana flag with the pelican you know and the, <laughs> uh, 
That's a Eucharistic symbol. That's just the Eucharist. It's, it's on all of our altars, uh, the pelican wounding mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, it is. And mm-hmm. feeding, uh, that's in St. Thomas's uh, liturgy of the um, Corpus Christi Mass. Uh, our Arcadiana flag, the star Stellamaris, the star of the sea. That's uh, the Feast of the Assumption. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the Acadians, uh, kind of, uh, they were, they were uh, servants of the queen, you see, a star mm-hmm. of the sea. Uh, but all that is is entrenched in our culture. Amen. Here in yeah. Well, Father Michael, mm-hmm. uh, it, we're almost out of time, but I, I don't want you to leave without giving us and our listeners a special blessing going into this weekend. Definitely. Well, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he send you his spirit to enlighten you, to strengthen you. May he look upon you with his kindness. May he grant you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Father Michael Champagne with the community of Jesus Crucified. Next time we have you on, we're going to talk about your order, okay? Sounds like a winner. Yeah, God all bless right. you. Have a great day. <laughs> God bless you. All right. Awesome. Good man. He is a good man. Oh, he yes. is passionate about Christ. I he will say is. that. So uh, good good tidbits of uh, history about That's Louisiana. Right. A lot right. of people don't know how we all got started. You're right. It's Our Catholic faith. Uh, growing up in Lafayette and then moving to a different state and realizing not every town has a Catholic church on every corner. Didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I yeah. really, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we, we need to be appreciative <laughs> of what we have. Re- yep. And we need to continue to hunger for sure. the Lord. Speaking of hunger, the Catholic food, he's going to be coming up next, (laughs) Jeff Young, so don't go too far. It is 30 after on a Friday morning on Wake Up. Five minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Community Radio. You're listening to Wake Up. It is Friday, and that means it's Catholic Foodie Friday. We're joined this morning by Jeff Young. He is the founder and producer of the Catholic Foodie blog and podcast. He is the Catholic Foodie. Good morning, Jeff. I'll eat Good today. morning, y'all. You you warming up yet? We we are we're getting a little warm, but I think by the end of your yes. segment, we're really going to warm up when we hear what yummy things you have in store for us. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's kind of chilly outside. It's it has a me thinking chilly. about gumbo. I was going to say my house but smells you. a little ruey. Hey. I don't know about yours. <laughs> I'm not allowed near it though. Y'all might throw me in it. <laughs> As I told Father oh, Michael Champagne. Goodness. I wonder yeah. why. Yeah, gee. Okay, so, so gumbo, and, and most of us in the along the Gulf Coast uh, make a gumbo, but I know that some people make it a little different than other people. So tell us how you, uh, first you make a roux, or how do you, uh, what do you do first, Jeff? Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's funny talking about gumbo down here, you know, because everybody, yeah. I mean, that, you know, we live in an area where you go out to eat, and one of the best compliments you can pay the chef if you if you enjoy the meal, it to say, man, that was really, that was so. It was almost as good as mine. Oh, my grand, right? Or almost as good yes. as my mom. Yeah. yeah. Because we cook at home, you right? know, and it's it's just one of those things. So it's always a, a little uh, unnerving, I guess, to talk about something that is so common. I mean, we would, yes. we're, we're used to it, but there are tips and tricks. There are things you could do that can be helpful, okay. right? Yeah. And so that's what. That's really what I wanted to, to talk about. I, I will happily send you all the recipe. You can post it. But okay. there's just a few things when it comes to, to gumbo that I have uh, kind of tweaked over the years and have just made it 
have made it easier, you know, oh, like okay. when it comes to the roux, as an example, because, you know, you got to start with the roux. The roux does oh, a couple right. of things for you. It's going to yeah. thicken up the gumbo, but it also gives gumbo that distinctive nutty yes. kind of flavor Yummy. to it, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes time. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started to cook and was making gumbo, you'd hear people say, oh, that my, my roux is it's like a... a, a two martini roux or a, a, a two or three beer roux or you know it takes mm. it takes a while mm-hmm. and you're going kind of low and slow and yeah. you don't want to burn it because boy you got to start over and it smells and bad smells, and all of that yeah. you know it's like burnt popcorn you can't get rid of it that's but right what i have done <laughs> over the years is because i like to you know i i don't believe in multitasking but i think i kind of do it by default mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like you get distracted really easily and so i wind up trying to do too much and uh what i have learned over the years is i have to make myself stand there and uh... i can't i gotta i stir constantly and so i've gone from using like a wooden my wooden gumbo spoon right my wooden roof spoon to using a metal whisk Oh. And I, I, I turn the heat up higher. I actually add a little more flour than I normally would. And uh, I don't move. And so I can oh. make a room out of like, I don't know, 10 minutes. You know, it's done. And um, so, but again, it you have to fight the temptation to go do something else or to, to, to even look at something else. <laughs> you got to keep your oh. eyes on the, on the pot to make that work. Um, I like a lot of veggies. Okay. So I do a lot of onions, a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, uh, bell pepper. Now, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, we talk down here about the Holy Trinity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Which which Mm -hmm. is your your onion, your bell pepper, your celery. Well, in my house, we voted the celery out. See, we voted celery out. The celery got kicked to the curb. I sent the celery in. And we... Mm-hmm. And we have uh, we have invited garlic to take its place. Oh, so we okay. do a lot of garlic. Garlic's still okay. there, regardless. And okay, I, think, I think I think a case could be made that that's how it should be, just standard everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, yeah. You know I've, I've not thrown garlic. garlic. Being Italian, I, I eat garlic on a lot of yeah, stuff and put it in. A, I but I never thought about gumbo. Yep, I put a little bit of you yeah. know in my in my Tony Sashries. There's mm. some garlic. I mean, I even boil garlic, garlic with my crawfish. I bet you do. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I that's smell good. like garlic for three so, days after. Um, that, okay, so so <laughs> and my family isn't big on uh, bell pepper either, but you can sneak a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. But I do a lot mm-hmm. of onions. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And it's interesting too, and I've I've played around with it over the years because sometimes you know I've always. Like my go-to onion, the one that I love the most is the Vidalia onion, mm-hmm. right? sweet onion. Yeah. But and you may have encountered this. There are times when I go, I'll make something like I would normally make with onion, mm-hmm. like gumbo, and you go to bite into it, and you're going, "Wow, this is like way sweeter than it's ever been." Yes. Have you yes. encountered that? So I've, I've been very careful the last few years to to not to not use Vidalia. Right. You know, I'm gonna use a yellow onion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but but not to to use that for the gumbos because it. It, it kind of takes away sweet. from the flavor you're expecting. Yep, I agree. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Um, so one of the other things uh, are, are, well, let me ask you this. Do you, when you make it, you use an andouille, do you, uh, like if you're making chicken sausage mm-hmm. gumbo? Yep. You degrease, you degrease your sausage first? You know, I don't, and, and I think that I should. What do you do? 
We do. Okay. We do. We okay. definitely do. And, and because what we wind up doing anyway at the end, and it helps, it, mm -hmm. it reduces the process, but once that gumbo has simmered it before we serve it, I always skim the top, too. It's yeah. amazing I'll how always much skim the top fat too. Yep. comes out of that. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing how much. So, because sometimes I put fresh sausage in too, and I think that's where a lot of that fat comes out of. So I'll do smoked, sure. I'll do a smoked mixed, an andouille, and then a fresh. And I think most of the fat on the top that needs to be skimmed comes from the fresh, but I feel like it gives so much flavor to the gumbo. Mm -hmm. Well, the flavor's in the fat, and so you have to have right. it. Yep. You know, it's just it's, that you don't want an overabundance of it because that could lead to you know, unpalatable experiences. Right. You know, right. 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 Yes. Um, have you ever made roux in the oven instead of... You no, told us about that. Years ago, I tried it in yeah, the microwave when that, that was like the hot thing, like in the early 90s, late 80s. Do you remember that? You could make Ooh. dry roux in the microwave. But I oh was not gosh. successful yeah. at that. So tell us about your dry roux. Well, the roux, dry roux, I mean, you can do it in the oven and it's, it takes a while. You know, but yeah. the bottle and the, the, to kind of break it down to it's like the oven's at 400 preheated. Mm -hmm. You're going to put three cups of flour evenly over the bottom of like a large iron skillet or, mm -hmm. or Dutch oven. And you're going to let that like every 15 minutes, you're going to you're going to stir it up. OK. You know, and cause you can still burn it like this. Right. For sure. Right. You know, but mm -hmm. you're going to keep doing that until it gets that 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 same nutty. Mm -hmm. That nice dark you're, color. You're, we're used to. But also just that uh, kind of a, 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 a golden to deep brown color. And at that point, it, it's ready to come out. But you can store that and let it cool. And you can store it in like glass mason jars. Oh. It'll keep for a good long while. Oh, okay. Okay. And use it just like you would regular roux. You know, you, you would uh, saute your veggies and then throw the roux in on top of that. Uh, okay. So that, that works really well. Okay. And then... Okay. Um, there was another question I was going to ask you. Was it about stock? Was it about making your own yes, stock? Yeah. It was about stock. Okay. I do you not do mind. that. I do not do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced it makes it that much better. So you have like 30 well, seconds to convince me. Come over and eat. I've been waiting for that invitation. Well, Jeff. look at that. You finally got it. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, okay. it, and, I've, and I've done this for years. I mean, the bone broth, you know, right, like right now I've got, I had to clear out the freezer. I had a bunch of bones. We just saved okay, everything. Sure. I saved the onion skins and the tips of carrots and all that stuff that we use. I throw all that stuff in baggies and put it in the freezer. Yes. I needed to make some room a few weeks back, so I've made, I've got these two big, twelve quart stock pots. You know, and I was okay. I was having dueling stock pots on the, <laughs> love it. On the stove. Love I it. made a whole bunch of bone broth in stock, That's and awesome. um, just let it cool, put it in baggies, stick that back in the freezer. It's easier to store that way. Right. And right. Uh, it just okay. makes to me it just makes all the difference using that. Over, okay. Over I'm I'm just gonna say in in like ten seconds you can buy bone broth on the shelf at the grocery store. Just saying. <laughs> I'm sure it is not. So I'm looking forward to having dinner at your house so you can convince me. <laughs> Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, let our listeners know where they can find your recipes and more about you. Catholicfoodie.com, and you can find me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for Catholic Foodie. All right. Thanks so much, Jeff. It's a pleasure visiting with you this morning. Stick around. Father Jeffrey Kirby joins us to talk about his new book. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up.
it is 7.48 on Wake Up. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. We're live on our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com and search Catholic Community Radio. Hit that subscribe button and the bell so every time we go live or post a video, you will get a notification. Thanks so much for all those who are new subscribers. So glad that you're joining us this morning. Also, another thing that's very important is the Patriotic Rosary. You can join us live for the Patriotic Rosary daily at 12.30 p.m. Central Time through Election Day. So that is just weeks away. Uh, Very important uh, to go out and vote, but very important to pray. So uh, join us, 12.30 p.m. Central. Father Jeffrey Kirby joins us next. He's a pastor of Our Lady of Grace Parish in Indian Land, South Carolina. And today he joins us to talk about his new book called A Journey to Mount Carmel, a nine-day preparation for investiture in the brown scapular of Our Lady. Good morning, Father Kirby. Thanks for being with us again. Good morning, Kathy. It's good to be back on the show. It's good to have you with us. The brown scapular, I have heard about this for, since I was a kid, my parents wear their scapular, uh, my, my in-laws wear their scapular. This is so important uh, to learn a little bit more about this and the power of the brown scapular. So take us through your book. Yes, yes. So the brown scapular, for, for some who might know, it's um, practically actually just two simple pieces of cloth um, that's worn on, uh, connected by strings. It's worn over the shoulder. So a portion of the scapular hangs in front of the person and then the other portion uh, along their back. And, and the scapular is a sign of our, our consecration to Jesus Christ, to Our Lady. So very much the scapular lets us kind of fan in the flame uh, the consecration that we received to baptism. So I think it's very important. I think in a, a secular age, uh, we all need as much help as we need, as we can get in terms of uh, living out our faith, being reminded of our faith. And, and scapular can, can be that help. So the book is basically... Uh, a collection of uh, wisdom and, and prayers and pastoral stories uh, from my ministry and, and from the church's uh, spiritual treasury to help people kind of prepare for it because you know, you're usually only invested once in the scapular, but you can be devotionally reinvested. So if someone says, well, I was invested at my first Holy Communion, so you can be devotionally reinvested, and, and this nine-day preparation could be a chance to kind of dive into what it means to be a Catholic Christian, a disciple of the Lord, and then be devotionally invested. So a type of renewal in our discipleship. How do we get started with the brown scapular and uh, the meaning of it as well? Because I remember hearing about that from my dad when I was younger. It really struck me that this is something that's quite powerful. Yes, yes. It's one of the uh, most highly blessed sacramentals um, in the life of the Church. And it goes all the way back, uh, spiritually all the way back to the Old Testament, when the prophet Elijah would go to Mount Carmel, which is an actual mountain range in the northern part of the Holy Land, and would go there in order to listen to God, to wait for God. Uh, of course, there's a, a powerful account of the prophet Elijah against the priest of Baal, the, the false god, uh, where God shows his power and, and strength uh, there through the prophet Elijah. So spiritually, Mount Carmel has always been associated with the presence of God. Early on in our Christian tradition, hermits would go and, and pray at Mount Carmel, and Our Lady they would appear to them, and they would have mystical and powerful visions and, and experiences uh, mm. with the Lord and, and, and through Our Lady. And so the scapular began to develop and very much became associated with Our Lady and Our Lady at Mount Carmel. And when those friars became mendicants, so uh, traveling preachers like the Franciscans or the Dominicans, that's when the scapular spread throughout the whole church. 
and now oh. anyone who's baptized can use this capillary to, to again, you know, kind of fan into flame that consecration. So it's a great gift associated with, you know, this tradition of, of listening and waiting uh, for God, of being in His presence. Absolutely. So this is a nine-day preparation. So um, take us through how that is. Uh, is it more of a, a novena? Yes. So, uh, so first, in full transparency, there's actually no official preparation for investiture. So, I wrote this book because I push this capture all the time, and, and people said, "Wait a minute! If I have to prepare 33 days to make the Marian consecration, shouldn't I be doing some type of preparation for the scapular?" Mm-hmm. So, I just wrote this uh, this preparation. I, I used nine because of the traditional novena, and, and each part, uh, each chapter reflects a day. And each day has preparation prayers, it has some catechesis, some teaching and, and, and pastoral stories, and then a lot of resources from our spiritual tradition. So uh, it's meant to be very practical, easy to do. And really, you know, Gabby, it's just like if people are just looking at their discipleship and say, I just need something to go a little deeper right now. I need something to kind of, you know, restart or revamp or, or, or just, mm-hmm. you know, reconnect in, in, in a unique way with the Lord. Uh, Scapper can be that opportunity, and, and this preparation can, can be that help uh, to that encounter. Father Kirby, any advice or any guidance for those who are maybe listening for the first time or have heard of the Brown Scapular for the first time and are really uh, just kind of drawn or want to learn more about any first steps for them, uh, how to introduce the Brown Scapular into their life and their prayer life? Yes, I'd say if they don't know about the Brown Scapular, then they are in for a great surprise and a great opportunity and great help because uh, I love wearing my scapular. I, I was mentioning, you know, in the secular age, we, we go out in the midst of the world and, and the world tells us God doesn't exist, God's not important, moral mm. truth is, is, is non-existent, prayer has no power, and, and we have to hear this stuff and feel that pressure all the time. And so by wearing the scapular, yeah. we are reminded physically on our bodies of the presence of God that yes, He is real, He is active and alive in our lives today, in our world. Uh, moral truth is real, and power, prayer does have power. So uh, the scapular can be a great help. So if someone's listening, they've never you know, heard of the scapular, maybe they've heard about it, but it's never been a part of their discipleship, I would say dive in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're in for a great, a great surprise, a great help uh, to their following of the Lord. Yeah, I, I love it. I look at it as a piece of the armor, putting yeah. on the armor of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Father Jeffrey Kirby, pastor at Our Lady of Grace Parish in Indyland, South Carolina, uh, in his book, A Journey to Mount Carmel, a nine-day preparation for investiture in the Brown Scapular of Our Lady. Father Kirby, where can we pick up a copy of your book? Yeah, so uh, through the uh, publisher, Sophia Institute Press, or on EWTN's Religious Catalog, or through any local Catholic bookstore. This is a good Christmas gift. Just saying, I'm already thinking about my list and what I'm going to get for, you know, the people that I like. So you know how it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is a great one. Father Kirby, before we let you go, may we ask for a priestly blessing from you. My pleasure. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May, his, may he let his face shine upon you, grant you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Kirby, for joining us. We always look forward to your interviews on Wake Up. Thank you, Gabby. God bless you. Take care.
God bless you. All right. I was I was just joking um, about the liking thing. I am thinking about my list because I always think about it quite early uh, just to prepare. But these are great gifts. So I highly recommend taking a look at this one. It's a really good one, I think. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all do. We all wear a brown scap. No, not a brown scapulous. No. 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 You wear a different type. No, I've, oh. I've had. A, I bought a couple of silver ones when I was in Rome, yeah. mm-hmm. but they don't last forever. Yeah. So they've broken and they're in my husband's repair pile. Oh. Oh, I have a few silver ones as well. Yes. The brown one has always caused a rash, and I had oh. someone say, "Oh, well, that's part it's of the like, sacrifice." Oh, but sure. it's like the it just does. I don't know what my skin is like. Just not. I don't know. So I have a few silver ones that I I have with me. So, um, but I love learning more about that and the yes. power of the brown scapular. But um, I. I can't believe we're at the end of our show already. <laughs> it's a Friday. Yes. Uh, we hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you so much for being with us today. Catch us back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have a great show for you. Burke and Grafia joins us to talk about the Catholic Song Contest details. Can't believe that's coming up already. Mm-hmm. Father Brent Mayer in the Diocese of Baton Rouge is talking about the Eucharist. Alan Migliorato joins us. And Dr. David Whitten from Fran U in Baton Rouge will join us for his monthly segment. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. And God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.